Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 189. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with Security News Writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Hi, Rob. Long time no talk. I know. It's been a week. Yep. Uh, Alex, we are going to discuss some news today that just broke. Well, broke yesterday. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, we are recording this on Wednesday, August 24th. Mm-hmm. We are talking about the uh, whistleblower complaint from the ho- a former head of security at Twitter, uh, Peter Zadkov, a.k.a. Mudge. Famous, really well-known, really well-respected, kind of iconic uh, security researcher, professional hacker, how, however you want to describe this person. Um, Mudge is a very well-known figure, very well-respected. He worked at Twitter uh, for about a little over a year. He was dismissed in January. And I remember thinking at the time of his dismissal and other, there were a couple other executives, I think, that left the company around that time or maybe later in the spring as the acquisition uh, or proposed acquisition from Elon Musk started to heat up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember thinking, huh, that's not a good sign. And I wonder if uh, Mudge is going to have anything to say about the state of Twitter. And Alex, as you know, and you've probably written maybe one or two of these stories, there have been some issues at Twitter uh, over, over many years, not just recently, uh, in terms of security and data mm-hmm. protection, privacy, um, but internal security, like internal breaches. We had the episode, what was it, a year ago? Was uh, it 2020 Mar- or 2021? Oh, maybe it's 2020 where, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, b- I believe you're right, 2020. It was like just it- under two years he was in this yes. role. And he was hired pretty much in the direct aftermath of that attack, if of I have bridge. my timeline correctly. You do, because that is referenced in the whistleblower complaint about how he was recruited post uh, a very high-profile breach where some threat actors... Uh, social engineered their way into the company and got access to internal uh, tooling that allowed them to gain control of some very, 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 very big accounts, verified accounts with lots of followers, Barack Obama, Elon Musk, Mm -hmm. others, and use them to tweet out um, Bitcoin scams. (laughs) Yep. And uh, it was very embarrassing uh, for Twitter. And they responded, Jack Dorsey responded, according to this complaint, uh, by uh, putting a hard press on Mudge to join as head of, of, of InfoSec at Twitter and to help them get on track. Mudge's report, this whistleblower complaint, is a pretty extensive list of allegations, um, claims. I think it's the report is 80 something pages. A lot of it's redacted, um, but uh, uh, accusing the company of repeated infosec failures and shortcomings and just really like eye popping in some cases um, decisions or, or blunders. Uh, And in no uncertain terms, accuses the company and top executives, including the current CEO, 
of misleading not just users, not just customers, aka the advertisers, the people that pay Twitter, uh, but the federal government, the FTC, the SEC, a lot of people. Um, it's pretty crazy. It uh, there's a lot in this report, and we should discuss like, but you know, in detail some of these allegations. We want to stick primarily to um, discussing the InfoSec claims, but there's there's some in here that uh, bear mentioning, I think, uh, mm-hmm. to paint an overall picture of what's going on at that company and what what's in this complaint and what effect it might have on the company. I guess let's start by saying. Um, what we, what are our initial impressions were? What did you think when you saw this and saw the CNN and, and Washington Post exclusives about this report? Because he he did exclusive interviews, Mudge, with um, those two outlets and sort of outlined, you know, really how bad it was. Um. So I, I think the the CNN Washington Post thing makes sense because you give it to two of the most highly respected in a in a national sense publications mm-hmm. yep. are, are the most revered mm-hmm. um and you 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 make it like laser pointed on two sort of news outlets mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of eyes on the exact same bullet points rather than just dropping it out of nowhere sure um and then having the information you know sort of be a lot of noise anyways i as for the report I think it's a lot, right? I think a lot would be the best way to describe it. Um, Because you have a few different parts here. One is Twitter security and privacy is awful, according to this, allegedly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Atrocious, inadequate um, uh, production code access from half the company or something yeah um i i I guarantee our content management system doesn't have that yeah (laughs) um and that they could like if they had a worse more aggressive hack they could have fallen apart Mm. there was the the business stuff the musk stuff about how twitter couldn't even tell you how many bots it has if it tries which we'll get back to later and then there's the the part that I think is kind of the scariest personally. Um, and it's not that it's underreported, but like the thing I would just emphasize even more is just all the stuff they were saying about foreign governments, about how the uh, CTO turned CEO. Yes. Was Parag, considering. Agrawal. Yep. Yes. Was considering buckling under Russian pressure um, or. Was was there another thing about India where yes. there was some theory that there was actual government, uh, yeah, a, a government of India mm-hmm. on Twitter's salary yep. and that which and that they had access to however much data. All of this is is alleged, and I think that um, as much as I understand that this is a respected person, I think there is a lot of he said she said in this report but there's also mm. some good stuff as well yes. it's it's just a lot you know i think that's that's my real summary here is it's a lot rob what, what did you think i i had a similar impression at first when i read this i thought none of this is real and i still kind of feel this way none of this none of the of the points made in this as far as the infosec shortcomings like the like the core technical stuff 
none of it shocked me that those things had happened or those those gross sort of just weaknesses or um, shortcomings were that that they existed within Twitter. So you got to remember, Twitter is a new company and they scaled pretty rapidly over the last decade plus. And it's, you know, so some of the things there that you see outlined in the report are pretty typical, I think, for a lot of companies that grow rapidly and need to acquire um, infrastructure and expand their data centers and their footprint. And so, but in aggregate, taken all together, this stuff, I mean, it really does sort of paint a picture of a company that is built on on like twigs and that one, one strong wind might just come and like knock it over. I mean, to your point, like I think he uh, he sort of spoke to this. Um, I can't remember if it was the CNN coverage or the Washington Post coverage or both, but just talking about like how the situation is so dire that if there was like a, a more serious cyber attack, they couldn't guarantee that they'd be able to like restore the service. Like that's that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, the the and, and you know. I know people are surprised by the, you know, the, the the capitulations to the Russian government and the Indian. I gotta tell you, like, I wasn't really surprised by that. I mean, that 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 is the cost of doing business in a lot of con- uh, countries these days. Uh, they're putting somebody on your payroll that may or may not be in, you know, employed by the government um, in a regulatory or intelligence role. I mean, there's all sorts of sorts of things that go on in in order to get business done in foreign countries, bribes, um, uh, uh, de-encrypting data to send through a data center in China. I mean, I I guess I'm just not, that didn't really surprise me. So I, so I, I agree with you. Bitterly cynical. (laughs) I agree with you in theory that this is not surprising. I think for me, it's the same thing as the, uh, that article that came out. Um, I forgot the publication where it was basically TikTok's uh, internal marketing guide for how to interact with, with public or or how to interact with journalists. And it was just basically downplay connections with China, downplay connections with China. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, if Twitter can get compromised by by I I don't I don't mean to say derogatorily a child but a teenager, um, yep. and that this has become the leading thought conveying social media platform most likely yeah. by this point in time, and to to have if this was true yep. to have such a childish uh laissez-faire approach of interacting with governments it's like yeah, yeah. it's believable but i i don't want to pre- i i want to pretend it isn't you know <laughs> i know i know i feel you on that um well let's let's go through the report and we'll just sort of skip around or or try to go through this in in chronological order as it's laid out because i think i think there's some points in here that are worth discussing i mean I think in general, the thing that seems core to this complaint, the biggest part of it is the fact that 
in no uncertain terms, Mudge is accusing the uh, the the company and Agrawal in particular of of lying, of misleading the government, of of, of violating the FTC order, um, just making false and mis- blatantly false and misleading statements. Uh, and and sorry to cut you off, but and yeah. also like internally within Twitter to to its own yes, its, its own, own higher board. higher ups to its own yep. board yep. uh basically preventing um him from from doing his job yep. which all all i i just have to say alleged 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 but sure, yes yep i that's that's almost just as as damning to me because okay n- lying's to the, to the government's the worst but it's Okay, there are problems. This guy comes in to fix them, who seems to be semi uniquely qualified to do yeah, so, yeah. and they don't let him. That there, there's there's a part of my brain that thinks that's almost worse. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it, I mean, it, it's it, you read this thing and you read just sort of the litany of points and um, examples and information and and i spoke with the or you know our client as as the report outlines because it's written by um whistleblower aid a a firm i think it's in uh, dc that helps with well whistleblowers but they represented facebook too yeah that the the one who whistleblew on facebook yes the right um but just sort of the repeated sort of you know first person first-hand accounts interactions with you know, board members and executives and just sort of the neglect of not just for like core security issues, but just sort of, you know, don't tell them this is, don't tell other people this is going on. It's, it's pretty damning. I mean, they, they, they use the word fraud in this report. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's no joke. That could Mm -hmm. be really bad for, for Twitter. Um, So he outlines that section uh, in the first few, I, th- I think it's like the first like seven or eight pages. And then the report takes a, a bit of a turn. And we're going to circle back to this. But section two, after sort of the, you know, deception and the lying, you know, sort of the big overarching um, summary of false and misleading statements and just sort of not not uh, following its end of the bargain for the FTC consent order from 2011 2011 by the way the the breach where this is before your time but it's similar to what just happened a couple of years ago some hackers got in they got control of administrative tools they were able to do to just steal numbers and and just uh, phone numbers associated with um twitter accounts and just you know it was an embarrassing hack and here we are you know 10 years later in the same situation but so section two Right on the heels of that is about spam bots. And section two is titled Lying About Bots to Elon Musk. Now, this doesn't have any core security implications. Um, And I was just thinking about this before we started recording, and I think it's worth noting here just off the top. I don't really know why this is in here um, because it doesn't, but we can discuss. We'll, We'll circle back to that. In a moment, mm-hmm. the the part after the spam bots, which the, the spam bot section is, it's pretty long. Um, it goes into detail. Section three is about the uh, breakdown of the consent order from 2011, and then the 2020, you know, largest what it calls the largest social media hack in history. 
and the recruitment of Mudge. Um, and I don't know. I it seemed like you know reading that it seemed like okay. Well, they knew they were in trouble. They knew that like that that 2020 hack was a real bad look, especially after the 2011 thing. Um, and that going out and getting Mudge and sort of empowering him to fix security and like like you just read footnotes in here and it's like, you know, Dorsey encouraged Mudge to be himself, to be open and honest and forth forthcoming and direct with people. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if he had any takes on just sort of on on that part of. I mean, it, it that I guess that's that struck me as like, well, that's kind of what you want. You would want your CEO to go get one of the best and brightest and tell him that, you know, no restrictions, go and do it. You're unshackled. I don't know. But it's it's kind of like what I said before, where it's un theoretically and and in practice, lying to the government is is the worst thing. But there's something that just hits my core and my heart and my soul about the idea of uh, this person them getting maybe the best person they ever possibly could have to do yeah. this, mm-hmm. and. And, uh, and just failing that. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and ju- it's, it's like, what oh, did you just bring him in for the clout? Cause this doesn't solve these problems and Twitter's only getting bigger. Twitter. I know. I know. I mean, so so, it just, it seems dumb is yeah. dumb as the, is the operative word I would use. Well, it does. And so you get into the next section, section four, you know, much discovers egregious deficiencies, negligence, willful ignorance, and threats to national security and democracy. This is a pretty big chunk of the report. And in this section, he sort of, he really gets into, I mean, he, he tells them right off the bat, you've never been in compliance with the 2011 FTC order, never on track to achieve full compliance. There's there's mm-hmm. massive, massive deficiencies in terms of mishandling PII, personally identifiable information. There's issues with, you know, privacy. There's issues with um, just sort of, you know, misusing security cookies and security data for, for marketing purposes. There's just, there's a lot of issues. Um, mm-hmm. But then it really gets into, like, the, the core, like I said, the core infosec issues. This is what really stood out in aggregate to me. So server vulnerabilities, he says with over 50% of Twitter's 500,000 data center servers have non-compliant kernels or operating systems, and many are unable to support encryption at rest. That's not good. Mm -mm. Then, you know, he says employee computers about 30% of devices have have disabled software and security updates. That's that's definitely not good. Uh, no mobile device management. Okay. Lack of development and testing environments. I first saw this, I was like, okay, well, that's, you know, I'm sure that happens a lot. But then they get into detail. The engineers are using live production data and test directly on the commercial service so they're just get, they're just doing stuff from their laptops there's no real developer environment like none there's no cid cicd pipeline 
There's no sort of software development cycle. This is like so backward that you just have like engineers and software developers just doing stuff on their systems and pushing it out live with no real, no real security, but no testing to see if this is going to function. And then the, you know, perhaps the biggest one, because this comes into play with the hacks, you know, the 2011 hack and the 2021 serious access control problems, quote unquote. Far too many staff, about half of Twitter's 10,000 employees and growing, are given access to sensitive live production systems and user data in order to do their jobs. That's like half, half. 5,000 people at Twitter just have like access to production systems, user data, administrative tools, and have that level of control. Can I play devil's advocate here for yes, a second? I would this? love for you. Help me understand. Um, I, not in defense, not in, I, I'm not in security and no, I'm not, and I'm not a threat actor either. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. no. Uh, so if this was true, exactly as this was written mm-hmm. and there was and and 10,000 employees of Twitter, 8,000 to 10,000 sound seem that's the number. And if Twitter is one of the most important information exchanges in the world, Mm -hmm. and if it was successfully compromised by a teenager two years ago, why has this crazy attack not happened? Because tiny companies get hit by threat actors pretty regularly. So Twitter must be fielding spam and and uh other vishing attempts yep in theory all the time yeah and but then the kid did you see what i'm saying i I do i absolutely it makes it i i don't know what to believe in this situation yeah i mean that's kind of what i'm saying me personally i kind of at one point was like this seems so bad that I wonder how it hasn't, you know, the, 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 the cataclysmic hack hasn't already happened. And I started thinking, I'm like, you know, the, the hacks that have been really embarrassing, they've been kids. I mean, who's to say that there hasn't been a nation state or multiple nation state infiltrations where they're just mining data, you know, Mm -hmm. like they're they're just using Twitter to um, monitor people. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm. It's a good question though, because the, the just the litany of things that are being discussed here is really is it's alarming, and you're wondering like, like, not if, but when something like that might happen, um, and and yeah, and why it hasn't already it based hasn't on already. based on the words being said. Um, and and I'm guessing we're gonna pivot into a little bit of of additional pressure on the potential integrity of the report in a second as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to mention that you know the report goes on in 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 pretty significant detail to just talk about how you know these issues were brought up again and again, and he tried again and again to to get the organization get the company, company executive team, the board to like take action on them. And, you know, he outlines things about 
he thought, or the organization, or people in his on his team thought, you know, a a, a software development lifecycle was a must, or mm-hmm. or at least it's something that they needed to work toward, um, but that the company misled the um, board on the status of the SDLC. And it's little things like that again and again. And then you hear about like, you know, there's a point in here about the disengaged CEO. He's talking about Dorsey. So Dorsey puts on this hard sell for him, brings him in. And then he's just like, he only had like a couple of meetings with him face to face after that. And then he was never around. And in some meetings, he didn't speak a word. Like, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not great. That seems pretty bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, my guess is some of the stuff here that he has firsthand knowledge of and experience with. It's probably true. Probably true with, especially the access control stuff, given what we know about these recent, you know, the, the most recent hack. I don't know about other stuff. I mean, I, I, I don't. I'm not really sure about like the Indian government agent or Russia. I mean, it seems plausible, but I'm supposed, you know, I, we'll find out eventually. The thing, like, as you mentioned, the thing that I think is a little troubling is the section on the spam bots and Elon Musk. Like, that whole part of the report just really stands out to me. Um, I don't know. What did you think of it? It was it was weird that they put it in. I, I kind of yeah. felt. I, it, like, like, it kind of it kind of takes away from the stuff that is probably more verifiable about Twitter. And, and it is so outrageously. He said, she said that even if it was true, unless there was solid, it feels like it wasn't smart unless the goal of this was to get more eyes on it. In which case I kind of understand. I don't know. Does that do you feel similarly? I do. Um, Again, I think if this part of the report had somehow been tied more directly to like security implications, you know, hey, spam bots are really bad and Twitter isn't doing enough to address them. And here's why there is security risk. And here's how I know there is security risk. And here's, you know, my firsthand knowledge of, of, of X, Y, and Z. And he does. I mean, he has some firsthand accounts in here when specifically when he was talking about like I think it was the, was it the Ropo read only phone only um, mechanism, I guess, or measure for tool for uh, identifying and removing spam, spam bots, automated accounts, essentially. Um, and he, he talked about how, uh, you know, Mudge was, I, I guess, told that, um, that Ropo was, was kind of a problem. Um, that they, that executives that wanted to grow the, the user base, um, wanted to disable Ropo. Um, and then that was a concern for, for Mudge. Um, but the fact of the matter is that like, it wasn't disabled unless I missed that part of the report. And I don't know, I, I, the whole, there's a whole part in here about incentives and about what the the sales team was, in, you know, or the executives were incentivized to do, um, that just d- didn't really make any sense to me. 
Because um, at one point, the report says executives are incentivized to avoid counting spam bots as MDAO, which is monetized daily active users. So that's like you real users, active users that are, you know, may respond to an ad or may view an ad. You know, those are like um, unique visitors for us. And I, that part, I don't know what you thought about that. Like I, that part just didn't make any sense to me. He's like saying that they're incentivized to avoid counting spam bots as MDAO. But at the same time, like in the next graph, he goes off about how there's no incentive for the company to control the, the, the spam bot problem. Well, you just said in the previous graph that, that, that MDAO is, is the all important metric for the company and that they want to grow MDAO. And that executives are incentivized to not count spam and bots as MDAO. So what's the problem? <laughs> like, I don't it, understand. It seems a little clean, too. Yeah. Like, like the, the this whole part seems a little perfectly bad. <laughs> does that make sense? I, it does. It does. I thought the same thing. It's like, it's like this, this looks like it was written in a way to, to make Agrawal in particular look bad. Like to really put him in a pinch. I'm not saying that Mudge isn't is, is like intentionally out to get the CEO. I'm not saying that he's wrong about anything that he put in this section, because I I don't know. I I don't know about this stuff. I don't work at Twitter. I'm not a, a an expert in you know the the M down metrics of social media and spam bots and how you define a spam bot and et cetera et cetera. But I just I don't know. It just seemed like it just read differently, a lot differently than the rest of the report. It was more argumentative. It read like more like an op-ed piece in part and in, in places. And it just really felt like personal mm -hmm. too. And, you know, he ends with the point about how like he put together this report uh, to, to like, you know, he, he wanted to do something actionable about this issue with the you know the 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 spam bot problem and you know I, I you know he said he said something in the report about how this wouldn't have been necessary if they did a better job it was like you put together the report and you sent it to the board of directors um that it was the protect initiative plan the the plan got through it wasn't like it was sabotaged if it was if it was like a situation where the CEO came in and like shredded the report before it got to the board, okay. If it was a situation where the CEO or other executives came in and disabled Ropo, I'd be like, wow, that's that's really bad. He's definitely onto something. But neither of those things happened according to the complaint. So I'm not really sure like what is going on here. Now some of the claims in that section are they're not great. I mean, they, they do kind of make it look like Twitter is playing fast and loose with its terminology and probably not. They probably don't want to know how bad the spam bot problem is, but I don't think it's the explosive, like, oh my God, this helps Elon Musk so much. I, I don't think it's that at all. I could be no. wrong. No, I, I, I think you're right. Um, but at the same time, I... I also don't want to believe that this is just that this security legend is just some guy who would lie and get angry and get carried away and then 
go through a complete whistleblowing process, effectively tanking his career over. Yeah. Twitter, not like not letting him do his job like yep. there's there are missing details here. That, that, no, for I, sure. that makes it well i mean it makes it hard to evaluate it either way for me <laughs> yeah i mean i i they're redacted too there's huge chunks of this report that are are, are redacted so who knows i'll mm-hmm. say that i, I and yeah. i want to stress this i don't think he's lying i don't think he's like doing this as like a grudge to get back at the company i think he it's clear reading this report he had serious concerns about the spam bot issue he put it in that that protection report, um, you know, protect initiative. Uh, and that, that predates all of this, you know, Elon Musk drama, but it's just mm-hmm. the way this report is written. It feels like it feels kind of forced. And so I'm not, I, 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 I think he maybe got a little outside of his comfort zone maybe, and just put some stuff in there that didn't need to be there. Um, but who knows? Maybe there's ad- additional data that we're not privy to or stuff in this report that's redacted that paints a more clear picture. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do know that that the access control, the software, the lack of software development environment, the just the issues with patching, I, just, just the, the lack of backups, lack of a failover plan in case something happens to one of these data centers – or multiple data centers, it's really, it's a bad situation. Um, and they've got a lot of work ahead of them, if this is true, of course. So, so it's a good summary. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure the FTC, I mean, they have this whistleblower report. They're going to be looking at it as as uh, as time goes on pretty closely. We'll probably find out in the not-too-distant future what, they're going to do or you know what they have planned um i would i don't know how you how you feel about it i would be surprised if nothing happens um yeah that seems fined, unlikely yeah, yeah they were fined 150 million dollars in 2011 as part of that consent order i think that if even some of this is true they're looking at an increasingly hefty fine and maybe sort of more strict action that's if the report just has some verifiable uh, 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 claims in there that turn out to be true. If they're all true in terms of the infosec failures, that could be real bad. Could mm-hmm. be real bad. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll be keeping an eye on it as uh, as the weeks and months go on. I'm sure we're not going to get an answer on this um, anytime soon. But yeah, yeah. Big report, uh, and I encourage everybody to read the Washington Post and CNN coverage. Uh, good interviews with Mudge about, you know, his frustrations, the problems. I'm sure a lot of CISOs have felt um, similar things and been in similar situations. And, you know, I hope this is all true, and kudos to him for coming forward, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Yes, sir. Uh, but Alex, thank you for joining me on this podcast to discuss the extensive Twitter whistleblower report. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet, Rob. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we'll see you next time. Bye.